From the Cairo Radio Newsroom in Seattle, I'm Dave Ross, and these are the Ross Files. The big talk, of course, has been on police reform and what happens if you actually decide to abolish the police. As you've probably heard, Camden, New Jersey, did just that. And freeholder Lou Capelli was part of that effort. So, uh, Lou, just give us the, the rundown. When you abolished the police force, does that mean you just dismissed everybody and started from scratch? Well, we did. But while we demolished the police force, we were also in the process of creating a new one. Uh, so we demolished the old Camden City Police Force at a time when the city was in a fiscal crisis in 2012 and also a public safety crisis in 2012. Uh, We had 67 murders back then, a murder rate higher than some third world nations. So we worked together with uh, the governor, the state legislature to create a new county department that replaced the city department. Um, So everybody from the city department was fired. Most of them were given an opportunity to work with the new department But with the new department, we had a new set of rules, regulations, contracts that made uh, made it a much easier task. I mean, starting over from scratch is a wonderful opportunity to put in place a a community policing model as we have. Yeah. And the new police department, in addition to being a county instead of a city police department, also had a union. Right. So you didn't abolish the union. No. Well, when we fired uh, the old uh, department, we knew that when we created a new department, that it would be unionized. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't immediately. It took a little bit of time. But ultimately, the same union that represented the city department represented the county department. But the difference was new leadership. And the new leadership of the union was much more progressive in its thinking and much more in tune with community policing and the way uh, policing needed yeah. to change uh, at that point in the future. Now, Camden's a suburb of Philadelphia. What, what, what's your what's the population of Camden County, the, the area served by the police department? 74,000 people. 74,000. So a little less than a tenth the size of Seattle. And Correct. what would you say was the biggest change? I mean, if we're, I was to look at the before and after, what would be the biggest change that I'd see? The biggest change is that we have been developing trust with the residents being served by the department. So the city department had kind of an us versus them mentality with the residents of the city. Our force uh, is the direct opposite. We're knocking on doors, introducing ourselves, walking the beat, riding bikes. So knocking on doors, explain how that works. So when the the new police department started up, you just went out like, like, like politicians saying, hi, I'm your local police officer. Absolutely. Um, So our newly trained officers, and this is still a practice uh, to this day, once they hit the streets, uh, they're assigned to a walking beat in a neighborhood, and it is their responsibility to knock on doors, introduce themselves, hand over a business card, and let the residents know that they can be contacted at any time. Seriously. And the residents are good. Now, what's the the racial makeup of Camden? The racial makeup is about 90% minority. 90% minority. And, and and they were cool with having a cop knock on the door and say, I'm just here to chat? Well, you know, it, it takes time to build trust. So there, there are no overnight solutions. Uh, but over time, when you combine that with ice cream parties for children, reading in schools, pop-up block parties, movie family nights, um, you, you it takes time. But you begin to build trust and relationships and that partnership between the residents and the police is really what has helped us uh, drive down crime tremendously in the city. How much time did it take? 
Well, it's an ongoing process. It's not mission accomplished by any means. We still have our challenges, but our murder rate is down 70 percent. Crimes down over 40 percent. You know, we, we have a couple of very challenged neighborhoods with deep pockets of poverty uh, that still present significant challenges to us, but we continue to work it. We're creating jobs through uh, private investment now taking place in the city. So the more we can reduce the poverty rate, the less crime we will have. Yeah. No, I saw your stats. The stats are undeniably impressive. And that always, uh, that's an important point to make, I think. I know a lot of neighborhoods complain that there's no investment here. It's a food desert. We have no facilities. The reason there's no investment many times is because of that high crime rate. And you managed to get that down. So so you're saying that uh, investment began to flow in after that? Yes. Yeah, so, so we right now in Camden City, which was one of the most impoverished cities just seven years ago, we have $2.5 million of private investment taking place, thousands of new jobs being created, and the residents of the city um, are, are beneficiaries of the new jobs being created. So our poverty rate is the lowest that it's been in decades. Our crime rate is the lowest that it's been in decades. And our high school graduation rate is the highest that it's been in decades. So, you know, it's we're in the middle of a renaissance. We still have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if you compare us to what's happening across the river in Philadelphia, where there's already been a record number of shootings and murders, um, we, we feel quite confident that our community policing has been the difference because crime in Camden has always been directly related to crime in Philadelphia. Uh, we're not seeing uh, in Camden what's happening in Philadelphia right now. Huh. So are you are you seeing demonstrations? Are you seeing occupied zones? What's been the reaction to the George Floyd death there? We, we've had four or five uh, demonstrations. They've all been peaceful. Our police chief and officers have marched in three or four of them together with residents. Really? Uh, so uh, it's a true partnership, and we are all uh, very much uh, offended and horrified by what we saw in Minnesota. You had no looting? No, we've had no looting at all. Wow. What's the uh, what's the racial makeup of the, the new Camden police force? The new police force is about 54% minority. So minorities are the majority. We want to see that number increase. The problem we have here in New Jersey is something called the New Jersey Civil Service Commission. Mm -hmm. And under their rules, we can only hire or promote officers based on some test uh, that they administer that is racially and culturally biased. And it prevents us from hiring directly from uh, the residents of our city. It prevents us from promoting minorities. We are currently drafting legislation that we hope will be accepted by the state legislature and by the governor and hopefully um, put into law so that our police force can uh, more truly represent the residents that we serve. Okay, so what suggestions would you have for other police departments who are who are going through this process now? Is, is this the way to go or is this uniquely suited to Camden, New Jersey and nowhere else? Well, listen, I, first of all, when we when we formed this department, we formed a task force of city residents and city neighborhood leaders to get their input on what the department should do, how it should act with residents, and what they were looking for in police officers. So you need input from the community, number one. Number two, you need to start with the philosophy that uh, you need to gain the trust of residents in order to be a successful police department. And you have to value the sanctity of life. So if you start with that philosophy, and then put that philosophy into practice through some model of community policing that's appropriate for your city, I think you will see a lot of progress. It does not happen overnight, 
Mm-hmm. It's going to take time, but you need to invest in relations and in in partnerships with your residents in order to be successful. So it's just a shoe leather. It's it's not just about adopting policies. I mean, what's do you have? Uh, did you change your policy on? On uh, chokeholds, on uh, on drug arrests, on whether you send yes. uh, you know a social worker to a domestic violence call or a police officer, that kind of thing. Yeah, so we we developed a uh, excessive force policy, a use of force policy with New York University and the NAACP that we believe is the most progressive policy in the nation. Under our policy, a police officer can only use force as a last resort and can only use the amount of force necessary to make the situation safe. We also have invested heavily in de-escalation training for our officers. Uh, So our complaints regarding excessive force are down 95%. We hold our officers accountable. Yeah, so if you use excessive force, you can be fired? Well, yes, and and so if any force is used, um, immediately a report, an investigation and report is prepared that day by our superior officers. And if we determine that the excessive force complaint is legitimate or that too much was used, that day we turn the matter over to the county prosecutor for consideration. What we do is focus on training, and we make it very clear to our officers that we will not accept the uh, excessive force, um, and you will be weeded out very quickly if you cannot learn our ways and comply with our rules and regulations. Did you have any trouble staffing up, getting recruits? We did not. We um, The old police force had 260 officers. We're, we're up around 400. And uh, yeah, more police. we don't have a problem getting recruits. Our problem is that we have to take recruits from all over the state under this outdated civil service system. I see. But you, so you have actually have more police officers than before. That I mean, the, the, the protest going on here has basically uh, been preaching that it's the police – the number of police, that's the problem. They want fewer police officers because they feel that police caused the violence. But you and your reform actually ended up with more police? We did. When we when we scrapped the old union contracts and rules and regulations, we were able to find $8 million in savings, which uh, with which we were able to increase the force from 260 to 400. But what we've done, of course, is invest heavily in technology and in training uh, in community policing, de-escalation, and we've leveraged that investment with groups like the Camden County Opioid Addiction Task Force, uh, with certain reentry programs, uh, with certain food banks, in order to uh, make sure that when we see a problem, we can bring in the appropriate nonprofit to help us with the situation. So you have 400 cops in a city of, uh, what, just over 70,000? Correct. We have, I believe, less than 2,000 cops in a city of 800,000. You, gotcha. I have to play that math out. but Well, I mean, if we were to have the equivalent, we, we should have 4,000 cops here if we were going to do what you do. Uh, right. But you, you have to understand at the time we were facing a significant crime problem. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you knew that uh, for years Camden was uh, being called the most dangerous city in the nation. Yeah. So we absolutely had a public safety issue that we had to deal with. But we did not arrest our way out of the problem. Um, we don't view our officers as warriors. Instead, they're like guardians. And listen, our hope is that someday um, we could accomplish what we're doing right now um, and to make the city even safer with fewer police officers. But uh, right now, we can't ignore our public safety function. 
Luke Capelli, a freeholder in Camden, New Jersey. That is uh, a truly impressive story. Thanks very much for sharing with us. Thank you. Remember that when there's a longer version of the interviews on Seattle's Morning News, you can usually find it right here in the original form, unconstrained by the limitations of a live broadcast. And you can subscribe so that when someone says, did you hear what was on Seattle's Morning News, you can say, not only that, I heard the part that wasn't on Seattle's Morning News. So my advice is to subscribe. And then when we talk to an author, a politician, an entrepreneur, an artist, a scientist, a teacher, a journalist, a celebrity, you'll hear every word. I'm Dave Ross. Thanks for tuning in.